Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Buddhist teacher and psychologist Tara Brown During the mid-1950s in Thailand, a huge clay statue of the Buddha began to crack due to the heat and drought. When some monks arrived to investigate, they shined a flashlight into the largest of the cracks. What they saw surprised everyone. Deep under the gray clay was the gleam of gold. No one had known that inside this popular but ordinary-looking statue was a solid gold Buddha. As it turns out, the statue had been covered with plaster and clay 600 years earlier to protect it from invading armies. Although all the monks who lived in the monastery at the time had been killed in the attack, the golden Buddha, its beauty and value, covered over, had survived untouched. Just as the monks disguised the beauty of the golden Buddha in order to protect it during dangerous times, we may cover our own innate goodness as we encounter a challenging world. Yes, I did say our own innate goodness, yours and mine, no exceptions. If you are thinking she isn't talking about me, know that I'm especially talking about you. What if this is the new year, this year, that we uncover and share more of our own gold? Our own illuminated inner goodness, the light and love within us that we are born with and which can't be tarnished or damaged. What if, as revolutionary UU educator Sophia Lyons-Faz said in 1959, every night a child is born is a holy night. Not just the one night we celebrated recently, but what if each night, each day, the birth of every child is a time for singing, for wondering, a time for worshiping. What if we are all born with unlimited light and love to share with our hurting world? Many of us have covered up our capacity for love with layers of protective coverings in response to unskilled early caregivers who lacked important skills or may even have been abusive. Or we may have added more and more layers in response to critical teachers, relatives, and the toxic messages from our social institutions and culture, and unfortunately, from many religions. There are many ways we build up our protective personas. Here are two to consider. 
Guilt and shame can add a thick layer of clay to cover up our inner goodness. I like the following definitions. Guilt refers to feeling bad about something we did. Shame is feeling bad about something we are. Guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. In small doses, I think guilt can help us make amends and improve our future behavior, creating deeper bonds. Shame, while a universal emotion, can be isolating and diminish our connections. Psychologist Chris Germer, author of The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion, is working on a new book that I'm sure will be very valuable. He calls shame an innocent emotion. It is an innocent emotion because it originates in our desire to be loved. He suggests that we would not feel shame if we did not simply want to be loved. Self-compassion is the antidote to shame. Self-compassion is also the opposite of shame. When we offer compassion to ourselves, we extend kindness to ourselves instead of criticism. And we acknowledge our common humanity rather than feeling isolated. We can do this formally, such as in Reverend Kim's loving kindness sessions on Mondays. Or Germer suggests we can start each day reminding ourselves, perhaps with a hand over our hearts, that just as all beings wish to be loved, so also do I wish to be loved. I invite you to practice this with me, with a hand over your heart if that's comfortable for you. Just as all beings wish to be loved, so also do I wish to be loved. What might our days look like if we started out remembering that we all just want to be loved? What would our days be like if we could see this wish to be loved in everyone we meet? Perhaps some of our own behaviors and the behaviors of others would make more sense if looked at as originating with the desire to be loved. These days, it's easy to feel helpless in the midst of COVID and the multiple types of suffering in our world. Our options to create change are different now. But what if we aren't helpless at all? What if our inner goodness, our true nature, is an immense underutilized resource ready and waiting just to be uncovered and shared? What if we decided that this would be the year we trust our inner goodness and really share our light and love? We all know what it feels like in our bodies and in our hearts to enjoy small moments of unexpected connection. A smile, a warm welcome, a kind gesture, an unexpected conversation. What might our experience be like if we each offered and received more of these healing moments? 
I know this sounds very simplistic, but try it. You might be surprised by the difference you will make. Of course, it isn't always as easy as it sounds. Our thoughts can create difference and distance, especially those thoughts that some Buddhist teachers call the trance of unworthiness the beliefs we may have about ourselves as being deficient in some way. But what if Tibetan teacher Sokni Rinpoche is right when he shares this liberating message? He says, real but not true. Our thoughts and feelings are real, but what if they are not true? and are just distortions due to the often fear-based conditioning of our families and culture. Maybe those old voices, distortions, and cultural messages that we have accumulated are just not true. When these thoughts arise and get in the way of a potential connection, we can respond to ourselves real but not true. What if underneath all these old inaccurate messages that we have internalized, there is gold, our own unlimited love? Lama Surya Das, who has visited with us, says, why do people hoard their love? Do they think they will run out of it? The Persian lyric poet Hafiz, in this translation by Daniel Ladinsky, put it this way. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you don't do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in the world is dying to hear? What if, as Chris Germer says, we all just want to be loved? We are all just dying to see that sweet moon language. As a chaplain, I spend a lot of time with dying patients. I am often the last new person in a patient's life. It's an honor and a privilege to accompany people at these times. And being the last new person is a responsibility I take seriously. One day I was asked to sit with someone who was actively dying and who was described as non-responsive and agitated. Fortunately, I've learned to make my own assessments, and I don't define responsiveness just in terms of the ability to speak. There was music in the background, and he was moving his arms in a way that made me wonder if perhaps he had been a musician. I extended a hand, and he grasped it firmly. As I introduced myself, I gazed into his eyes, hoping I was offering some comfort and maybe even love. As I sat and stroked his hand, 
I noticed his breathing becoming more relaxed and then realized that he was very gently stroking my hand. He never spoke, but we clearly communicated. I tell this story to highlight our desire for connection, including my own hope in that moment that I was connecting with him and to remind us of the sacredness of each moment of human connection. Impending death cuts through our protective personas, the stories we've told ourselves, and our trivial pursuits in life. But we don't have to wait till time is short to find clarity about what really matters and to give our love more freely and to open ourselves to receive more love. Marge Piercy put it this way, live a life you can endure, make love that is loving, live as if you like yourself and it may happen. Reach out, keep reaching out, keep bringing in. We might also remember as a mantra of sorts as we go forward, the words Reverend Joe so beautifully sang for us earlier. I'm changing this just slightly. We are light. We are light. We are not the things our family said. We are not the voices in our head. We are not pieces of brokenness inside. We are light. We are light. We are not the mistakes we've made or any of the things that caused us pain. We are not the pieces of the dreams we left behind. We are light. We are divinity defined. We are the God inside. We are a star. We are light. As we move forward, may we increasingly share our inner goodness, the precious gold of our inner love and light. And may we be blessed with the light and love inside each being we meet. And believe that we can change our troubled but beautiful world one encounter at a time. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. May the light around us guide our footsteps and hold us fast to the best and most righteous we seek. May the darkness around us nurture our dreams and give us rest so that we may give ourselves to the work of the world. Let us seek to remember the wholeness of our lives, the weaving of light and shadow in this great and astonishing dance in which we move. The service begins when the service ends. A happy and healthy new year to one and all. Amen.
go, beloved, where you go, I will go. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.